Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. Harshman, what's going on, host? Not much, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing all right. It's been a wild, crazy afternoon. I drank all my alcohol beverages last night, fooling around with KBM folks. Man, I told Jeff last night, I feel like I got knighted by the <laughs> Queen of England after getting to hang around with them and yeah. um, and, and, and shoot the shit. But <clears throat> uh, two things. Alex, I... I you got to fix this intro, man. We it cuts off. I mean, you got to fix it. I mean, I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but I got to tell him to keep fixing it because he ain't fixed it yet. He does all these other Tic Tac videos and stuff. He ain't got time to fix our intro. <laughs> Tic Tac, Tic Tac, Tic Tac, man. That's the Tic Tac. Welcome to yeah. Welcome to Bass and Brews. Hooks at Hoodlums. Check those guys out. Spring Apparel line is out. They got some good. Uh, they got some good content coming out from their little waters there in the Connecticut areas, and you know, give give them a shout. Tell them Paul sent you, and uh, give Wild Bill a big high five. Jake, tell us about yourself, man. Welcome to Bass and Brews. Tell us man. about yourself. Well, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, an MKBM boys can get a little wild at nighttime. <laughs> um, they need to have like an after hours party over there. I think after their lives, but. Um, you know, for me, man, I started kayak fishing in the latter part of 2017. Um, first kayak that I ever bought was an Ascend. I kept it for about a week. And then <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I went and I bought a Predator PDL and I felt like I was in a daggone Cadillac. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and then I, I just kind of, it kind of took off from there. I started fishing some local stuff here. Uh, I think my first five tournaments, I got skunked, and I was like, what in the world? Like, I thought I knew how to fish. You know, grew up fishing as a kid, took some time off. I was in the military, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I thought, like, man, what the heck? I just forget how to do this. And and then it all kind of clicked, like, it's it's harder. <laughs> it's it's a little harder. Yeah. Hey, Jake, where's here? You said here. Where is oh. here for you? So, um, originally, I'm from southwest Pennsylvania, but right now I live in Harris or Hershey, Pennsylvania now. Just okay. moved in November, so sweetest um, place in America. Sweetest place on earth is what they say. Old chocolate <laughs> town. You can you can go out my back porch and smell chocolate. So oh man, it's weird. Um, but <laughs> yeah, everybody else they come here and they love it. And you know, my family's like, what's that? <laughs> but hey, when you walk out, you walk. I'm in the third fastest growing county in the United States of America, Wake County. 
down here in North Carolina. And when you walk out my back porch and take a big old breath of fresh air, you smell the fucking dump. And that ain't no lie. There's million dollar homes around here that when you open your windows in the spring and the fall and you want to get some of that nice air blowing through here, it smells like fucking Pepto-Bismol and rotten Mm. coon. Man, that, that does not sound appealing at all. It almost sounds like, well, we have we have chicken farms here. Oh, Lord, hell yeah. I grew up in chicken and turkey farm country now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and is... They spread all that turkey shit during the spring <laughs> oh, on the farmlands. Yeah. That is a whole what... other kind of smell, boy. Let me tell you what. That's, uh... Man, that, yeah, that shit right there make your eyes water. Oh, it, it, you'll be driving down the road and get a whiff of it and start dry heaving in the middle of your <laughs> I was I was just watching uh before we kept, before you got on here, I was watching them fart fart spray pranks. And, <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and, and if you did that shit to, to where to people where I'm from, they'd be like, What kind of perfume you got on today? Because <laughs> you ride around smelling turkey shit for three weeks in, oh, in the first of May. That's hilarious. All right, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you got, you, you, it's harder. You, you, you're in, you're in Pennsylvania. What what's what's your body? What bodies or body of water are you fishing mostly? So I live about 15 minutes away from the closest boat ramp on the Susquehanna River. Oh my man, come on now. Yeah, I I literally have mm-hmm. a world class smallmouth fishery in my backyard. You um, sure enough do. It's so, you know, it's special. It's something real special. So, so have you started getting calls and DMs and all that stuff for the Hobie event coming up? Every year that there's an event here, I notice that my followers will go up a little bit. And then <laughs> after the event, they'll go back down. And I'm like, well, you know, okay, that's fine. I appreciate you. I appreciate you looking. Maybe yeah, stay it, and like something every once in a while. That, you know, that's. I know, man. Why they got to unsubscribe? Look, you should hide all your Susky videos, make all your Susky videos private. I did YouTube. that. I did that last year. <laughs> I did that last year. <laughs> it was funny because I'm not gonna name names, but one of them, one of my buddies called me and be like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, where'd all your Susquehanna videos go? I'm like, what are you talking about? They're still on YouTube. I can see them. He's like, You made them private, didn't you? I said, I I definitely unlisted them. Yes. <laughs> so like, I mean, you know, it's it's one of the benefits of being a local. I don't want to give I don't want to give away everything, you know, people got to come here and do the work just like I got to go to, you know, all these other fisheries and do the work, you know? So, Hey, hey man, that's right. That's right. I mean, that's, that's part of the, the, the gift and I guess the curse of, of putting, putting your stuff out on, on the YouTube. If you're in one of these fisheries right? You know, and for, for me here, we got falls here, Jordan, Sharon Harris, MLF of fame, but they're they're not like the Susky or Gunnersville or you know sure. places like that. So we don't have to necessarily we we don't have that kind of. But but these honestly these lakes are fall, are small anyway. I mean you can in a boat you can literally hit the majority of all these lakes in one day each. Yeah. I mean they're you know, small lakes. It's it's funny because the, the the issue with the river, I think that that makes it a little bit worse is that. You know, the river's only, I should I say only, it's only about a mile wide in some places. That's about the widest that it gets. Um, but you're looking at the shoreline on both sides. You can sometimes really be able to tell where somebody's at. 
-hmm. And that's where it becomes an issue. Like if I have a mm -hmm. video that is 100%, someone could pinpoint my exact location, I shut it down. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and, you know, some of that's because of, you know, I have local friends that are fishing in the tournament too. And that's right. You know, they, they don't put their stuff out there, but I do. And I, I don't want to take that advantage away from them either. I mean, I also say this, you know, with a grain of salt, because there's some people that actually go out and do do this, but I'm not fishing for likes. You know, I'm not fishing for, you know, applaud. Like I'm fishing because I love to, and, mm -hmm. and I, I also love to compete. So, you know, it, I, I try to make all my Susky videos private. It actually, you gave me a good reminder to do that tonight. So <laughs> I mean, we're, we're about almost through June. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Look, I'm going to get a bunch of fucking hate mail now. People are going to be sending us emails, giving us bad reviews on iTunes and Spotify. Oh, my Lord. They're going to be giving us thumbs down. You know, all three viewers we get on YouTube are going to be giving us thumbs down now. Jeez. Golly. You know, I'll, I'll leave them up until June. How about that? <laughs> oh, shit. I don't care. I ain't giving a fish. You take, <laughs> hey, hey, take them down now. I mean, let's let's do it. We got time. Uh, yeah. We got time. Yeah. That's in, in, you know, looking at your content stuff, and I've been following you on Instagram for a while. You know, you, you, uh, this Bass and Brews is built off of content creators first. Right. It, it's not a kayak fishing. It's, it's mostly bass fishing. We've had some saltwater guys, paddler playbook guys on, and, you know, we've had some folks like that. Um, but it, it, that's what we like to do is find those folks that have a voice on some, on their social media platform. And, and they either put out educational content, they're putting out funny content, you know, they're, they're putting out stuff that engages people and, and you, you're, you don't have a bunch of crazy editing going on, uh, yeah. but you've got really good content that, that people can, can take information from. And it's also something that they can watch and, and have an enjoyable time watching it. I, th I appreciate that. I, I try to keep it. So anything I make, I try to keep it raw. I don't mm -hmm. try to, you know, I'm not trying to make it seem like I caught bigger fish or more fish than I caught. You know, I really just try to keep it raw because I feel like then the average person that's watching this can say, I can relate to that. I can, mm -hmm. I, can I, you know, I, I enjoy this. What I need to do to get better at the whole content creation thing is remember to talk to the camera. Sometimes, <laughs> and, and, and the problem is like I'll, I fish a lot within the city limits of Harrisburg. Right. Because mm. the Susquehanna runs right through the middle of it. So, you know, I fish a lot downtown and there will be people walking by on the bridges above and walking by on this on the sidewalks beside the river. And you get some weird looks when you're out there talking to yourself in a boat by yourself. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, people be like, who the fuck is this weirdo out there? But, you know, it's it, it also it, it's it's kind of cool because a lot of people walk by and be like, Hey, you got cameras going. I'm like, yeah. They're like, what's your YouTube channel? And yeah. hey, I've actually gained some subscribers. There you go. But you know, I do, I try to keep it raw and I, I try not to overly edit it, you know, cause it's not, it's not a production where it's like, I want you to, like, I, I just want it to be real, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and some of my content lately has really revolved around promotion for products and, and I really kind of want to get away from that too. Like I want to get back to just being like, I'm going fishing today. Do you want to come with me? You know what I mean? Even if you can't, yeah, yeah. you want to watch, you know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of mm -hmm. what I want it to be. Um, yeah, kind of like the Mr. Rogers of fishing. Look, I'm going fishing. <laughs> what, what, won't you, won't you join me? Isn't that what his tagline is? Something like that. I, I need to, I Jake, need to, get, Jake, I need to, 
I need to Big Mr. Work. Rogers Harshman. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I need to I need to remix that 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 intro tune and make it my uh intro on all my videos. <laughs> yeah. Won't you come fishing with me? <laughs> put you on a little cardigan and shit. <laughs> Dude, before you put your PFD on. Be careful what you ask for. I'll put on a cardigan cardigan next time I go fishing. Oh hell yeah, man. I see I saw you I saw you talking up some croc game. What's that? Crocs. Oh, dude. Listen, I love my Crocs, bro. People 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 hate on them, but I don't care. But all right. I I I wear Crocs, no socks, year-round fishing in North Carolina. And now we ain't got Pennsylvania winners, but we have winners. We'll get days we'll be out there fishing and it's 25, 2018 degrees. I mean, we get some cold essays. Crocs, no socks, all the time, no matter what. And I tell people the reason is when the sun hits those Crocs, man, it warms your feet up. But your feet <laughs> sweat. Yeah, your feet sweat. You ride, you're riding from your house to to the launch. Your feet are sweating. You get out there, and then that you know they start to get cold. It's, you know, it's just mine never sweat. If they get too damn cold, I just stick them in the water and warm them up. You know, it's. The worst part is when the wind's blowing. But anyway, yeah. don't matter. Socks, no crocs. That's how I roll. And Cro- and it's crocs, my no socks. Oh, yeah. You said socks, no crocs. Whatever. You know what the hell I meant. I ain't been drinking tonight, and I still can't. But y'all think I, y'all think I'm half drunk? That's just who I mean sometimes. So All let right. me let me give let me give you a piece of advice about crocs real quick. Don't ever wear neoprene socks with crocs. <laughs> Because it gets squishy inside. Uh, <laughs> it's just gross. Yeah, I, well, yeah. I don't wear nothing with my Crocs. It's it's, it's my damn ugly old feet and Crocs. <laughs> and the first thing I do is take them off. <laughs> hey, whatever works for you, man. I, I, you know, I, I, I need, I, I like to have a little bit of pain out there. You know, keeps you keeps me on my toes. Keeps you focused. Uh, so we got to backtrack because we got off on some on some tangent shit as we like to do on bass <laughs> and brews. You said you you got into kite fishing, you knew how to fish, and you the last thing you said before we got into being where you're from, you said this shit was hard. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it was an adjustment because you know growing up. So growing up, primarily, I was a I was a wade fisherman. I'd wade out oh, the river, okay, yeah. and you know, or I would go trout fishing or something like that. You know, when I was a kid, we fished for whatever would eat. It didn't matter if it was a damn sucker, a trout, a, a bass. <laughs> like it didn't matter. You fished for whatever would eat, and you had fun doing it. Were you um, fishing for food too? Did you? Keep uh, I really did. So whenever I catch a trout, I would keep the trout because in Pennsylvania, the big stocking program, it was just natural. You catch some trout, you take it home and you eat it. Um, but I would say in my teenage years, my later teenage years, I kind of stopped doing that because I just didn't want to clean them anymore. <laughs> That's um, right. So I really kind of got away from doing that, too. But I did that as a kid, man. You know, in my summers when I wasn't when I wasn't in school or working, I was, I was fishing and that's, I would do that, you know, from the time I woke up until it would be too dark to see, you know what I mean? So, um, that was how I did it as a kid. But, you know, whenever I joined the military and went away for 12 years, it just kind of got lost on me where I didn't, I didn't fish a whole lot. I went a couple of times, but I just didn't go a whole lot. And when I got out of the military, um, I was playing a lot of golf and I got incredibly frustrated with that because I got my handicap down to single digits, but then 
I would still go out sometimes and shoot in the nineties. And I'd be like, what the, this is, this. I would just be, end up being more frustrated than I was uh, happy. And I'm like, this is not a hobby. This is something that I'm supposed to enjoy a hobby. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was able to talk my wife into letting me get uh, a kayak. And after that, she, I, she regrets that every single day because now I got, <laughs> I got, I don't know. I probably got $15,000 worth of boats sitting in my garage right now. She's like, well, there's another fucking, we're not, we don't have no electric this month. Like, but we got a boat. It's okay. Cause we got a boat. So, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was tough though, man. It was tough making that transition because I think what, well, most people don't understand when you're kayak fishing is how close you are to the water, right? You don't have a lot of leverage. You know, when you're standing up on the deck of a boat or you're standing on the shore in general, you typically have anywhere from five to six feet of leverage on that fish. Uh Right. But you don't have that leverage no more when you're in a kayak. That leverage is gone. The fish now has the advantage. And, you know, learning how to both present baits while you're in a kayak as well as how to set the hook. I can't tell you how many fish I lost in my first couple of years because I wasn't doing it right. You know, and, and when I say wasn't doing it right, when you set the hook on a fish, you have to use you have to use all the all the features that you have against the fish. So when you're setting the hook and you're setting the hook across the bow or across, you know, if you're facing up current and you're setting the hook away from the current, you know what I mean? Like you have to really kind of pay attention to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um because it helps you get those, those better hook sets. Because a lot of times, you know, you think about it, a kayak gets pulled towards the fish when you set the hook, right? You set the hook and you you're losing so much from already being down at water level, but now you're also getting pulled towards it. You lose a lot of power on that hook set. So um, one thing that really helped me and, and, and basically catching and landing more fish was switching over to almost all my reels are straight braid with and I'll, and I'll use a very small leader because there and I, I'll tell you right now there's a, I have I have one rod in my garage that has two foot of monofilament that's it because <laughs> a top water rod or something it, it's exactly it's yeah. a spook it's a spook and and, oh, uh, yeah. and popper rod but when you have stretch and then you have a kayak that moves towards the fish and then you're already down losing that leverage. You have stretch, bro. It's done. And and, and I, you, I go ahead. The question I'm going to ask, you've talked about this before on some other podcasts I've listened to, and I think you've got some stuff on the Instagram or YouTube and or YouTube uh, using like a medium action rod for for you know, your your chatter baits and stuff like that. Uh, dive, dive in, dive into that action rod while you do that, because a lot of people are single hooked big hook i need yeah. i need something with some power behind it so they're medium heavy fast or you know heavy something like so, that and now you talk about the uh, uh, when, a little bit when less you, power when you think about fishing a chatterbait or or any kind of moving bait really um what i typically tell people is that you need to have a, a rod that has a good amount of bend to it but still has a beefy enough backbone and and that be, you know so many different rod manufacturers out there and they all have different powers and they, and, you know, a medium in, in G Loomis might be a daggone medium heavy plus in another manufacturer, you know? Yeah. 
So you really have to play with it and toy with it a lot. But what, you know, for, for specifically my chatterbait rod, my chatterbait rod is a medium heavy glass rod. And I don't have anything here that I could compare it to in size, but it's thick. Like it's a thick backbone rod, but it has a whole lot of tip to it. Like if you whip that thing, you're like, man, that damn looks like a, a crappy rod. But it, it's <laughs> that's what you need in order to keep that fish pinned whenever you're fishing any kind of moving bait where, you know, those fish are just doing all kind of stuff. Like you got to have some bend. If you don't have bend, you're going to rip a hole in their mouth. You're going to rip a hole in their mouth. So the heavier the rod, the, the you know, power that you use and the less, you know, moderate action it is. You're ripping a hole in that fish's mouth every time you yank back and set the hook. You're just stretching it a little bit, and that fish don't need but a little mm. bit of stretch in their gill or in their in their in their mouth to come up and and then I don't know what motion I just made, but <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, they, they come up and they do that head shake, and next yeah. thing you know, your lure is flying back at you, and you're like, "Well, shit, how'd that happen?" I got a heavy power rod. I'm throwing a, a half ounce chatterbait. They shouldn't have been able to overpower me. They didn't. They overpowered how, themselves. And how much of that? Because you're you're fishing current, obviously. Mm-hmm. Susquehanna is a, a, a river, so you got mm-hmm. a lot of current. Uh, also, I have never caught a smallmouth out of there, but I've heard that they are a different breed of fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're how different. Much of, how and and obviously you know you're not going to change. You come down to North Carolina, Florida, you're not going to change your gear for that. But how much of fishing for for those fish specifically has has geared you towards that kind of makeup with your gear? So it, a lot, um, a whole lot. You know, I have I have rods right now that are basically dedicated to the Susquehanna. Mm. Um, you know, and then I figure out different ways to apply those rods whenever I go to different fisheries. Mm-hmm. But primarily I'm a power fisherman and, you know, quite often I'm running a bank. <laughs> Holy shit. Bless you, child. <laughs> it was a hiccup. It was terrible, <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm running a bank and I'm, and I'm, you know, chucking a spinnerbait in some wood or I'm skipping a chatterbait up underneath stuff and, and hell, even a damn, even my Ned rigs, whenever I really have to be forced to use it, like, I, I don't like letting it sit still. That's stupid to me. Like, <laughs> like if you don't want to eat it whenever I toss it in there, get the hell out of here. I'll go find uh-huh. one that does want to eat it. All I need uh-huh. is five dumb ones. One one dumb one at a time, but five total. You know, yeah, that's all I need. Better. So, you know, I, I really, I, I take what I do here in the Susquehanna, which I'll tell you right now, 90% of the time I'm fishing in this river, I'm power fishing. Mm-hmm. These these fish are on a treadmill and they got to eat, so they aren't shy about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I try to really apply that whenever I go to other fisheries, and I'm really just looking for the right fish. I'm looking for those fish that are active and the ones that want to eat. Um, there's a dog outside barking. I don't know if you can hear it. but No, man, we can't hear that. You good. Um, but, yeah, you know, it taking what I have um, initially was tough. Because I bought rods that were specific, you know, for what I was trying to do here. Yeah. But now that I've advanced and, and kind of evolved, I dude, I have 40, 40 casting rods in my garage and four spinning rods down. It's a it's a 10 to 1 ratio down there. But, um, you know, I've really kind of branched out and I, I basically have one for every purpose now. 
Yeah. Um, I, trying, and to I think, be, trying to be more well-rounded, I guess you could say. I, that's an evolution for a lot of tournament guys in the kayak world. Obviously, just in general, uh, you get – because it, it's a feel, right? You know, I try yeah. to I've, – I've got – I've got rods that that I can throw two or three different things on, but I don't necessarily like to because you know I have I have my top water rod and I have my my cranking rod, mm-hmm. and they're two different rods. They're the same powers, same same height, same lengths, but they they're very different. Just like you just said, and, we, and I talked about this. Uh, we talked about this with Joe LaBarbera mm-hmm. last week about different rods and power. Anyway. Point I'm he's getting a, he's to a is, TFO guy, isn't he? Huh? Isn't Joe a TFO guy? Does he use TFO rods? Alpha, Alpha Angler. Alpha. Okay, my bad. I think Alpha Angler of, out of um, Oregon or ah, Idaho, okay, okay, I got somewhere you. over there. Um, matter of fact, uh, that's I'm probably gonna get my cranking my new cranking rod is gonna be theirs. The um, but they're the same rod, and I, I actually switched them, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Like I, I still, if you know, I, I like to throw. I'm going to take both, is what I'm saying. Right. I could, I could, because after the sun comes up here, I, the spook goes up. You right. know, and that's what I'm throwing. That's it. That rod, that rod gets put up when the sun gets high. Gets put up. I might try to chunk it later in the day, but I could tie my crankbait on there and carry one rod to do two different things in the summertime here. Right. But it's just the feel. It's the feel of casting those different things. I think that's an evolution that people get to is you have a certain feel that you want on a jig rod or a certain feel that you want on a bladed jig versus maybe what you throw on a swim jig or what you throw with your spinner bait. And as it just is, it's that confidence thing, but it's, I think there's some of those little small intricacies about fishing that you get and you get dialed into. So two of the absolute best jig fishermen that I know Jeff Little and AJ McWarther Mm. okay two of the absolute best jig fishermen I know throw their jigs on a spinning rod medium heavy or medium plus or whatever you know type of rod they use they throw their jigs on a spinning rod and those two guys catch a lot of fish whenever they get to go fishing Mm. AJ don't get the fish a whole lot anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's too busy. But when yeah, he does right. get to go fishing, that dude will catch him and mm. he'll catch him big. That's and, what I hear. Jeff, Jeff Little is the same way where he, you know, he does a lot of his jig fishing and, and almost all of his finesse presentation type stuff. Or, you know, and I, I don't want to say reaction because you can use a jig as a reaction bait. But when he's fishing something on the bottom, Jeff is almost always using a, a spinning rod. And something I need to get better at, I actually, I don't want my wife to hear this, but I actually need to buy another spinning rod. Um, (laughs) Careful, I'm getting ready to be shot. Um, You're about to have a murder on your podcast. Oh, man, shit, that would be great for clicks and likes. (laughs) That'd be great for viewership, right? (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, like, that's that's one of the deals. Like, they, they, I feel like they get, they feel they have better bottom contact with it when you're fishing that kind of stuff. Um, and I could see it. I could definitely see it because it's a lot easier to get something on the bottom with a spinning rod and keep it on the bottom than it is with a casting rod. But, well, you know, and you hear people talk about too, with the spinning rod, with bottom contact stuff is you're holding the rod. 
Right. Where in casting, you're holding mainly the real right. and then the stuff underneath. So you've got, you know, you've got that a, a whole different level of you have a lot more connection from, yeah, from that's what right. you know from what you can feel. You you just you're you're mu- you're much more connected. And, and yeah. you know, just like you said, you when you're using a spinning rod, your hand is is basically almost always on the blank, right? Yeah, it's on the rod. When you're using a casting rod, it's not. You know, yeah. you're, you have some you fingers, have, but you're palming the reel. Right. So, you know, that that's probably where those guys are, why those guys catch those bigger fish, because, you know, yourself, big fish sucks that lure in and, and they, they mess with it for a little bit, maybe, but they're, they're spitting it out before you feel it. Most, yeah. most of the time when someone feels the bite, what they feel is that lure hitting the gullet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they didn't feel the fish mouth it and taste it and That's see, right. you know, what it felt like. They don't feel any of that until it's like, you know, they're like, oh, shit, bite. And next thing you know, they're hooking them. Well, they have jig, jig fishing. I mean, especially if you get up in the half and three-quarter ounce football head jigs, you don't usually feel a thump. No. What just, you feel is is weightless. It's, right. it's, you know, there's – am I hung up or is it <laughs> – you know, that's the thing is, is it's weightless. You don't even feel that. And they got a damn three-quarter ounce piece of lead or tungsten in their mouth. It's crazy how long they held on to that shit anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. funny because, you know, how many how many times have you seen, even on a professional circuit, like they'll cast out and they don't feel it. But next thing you know, like they'll cast out this way, but their line starts mm-hmm. moving in front of their boat. And they're like, oh, I got a bite. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I've had it happen to me. Like, mm-hmm. it's funny with smallmouth because smallmouth, here in this river, at least, and, and I'm sure in many other places, but when a smallmouth bites something, they normally aren't shy about it. But one thing that I have noticed that they do is if you don't feel it and they bite it and eat it and it's in their mouth, they don't waste time. They, they don't just kind of sit there and like, all right, we're going <laughs> to wait and see what happens. No, yeah. them some bitches, they'll pick up the bait and then yeah. they swim like whoo, over here. And then you're like, oh, shit. You know, you're trying to catch up to them if they're coming at you like they're. Yeah. They're they're quick about it, but most of the time here, though, I'll tell you, dude. Oh, from April through mid November, you can almost always get a reaction bite around here, whether it's a crankbait or a spinner bait or a chatterbait or you know, my favorite is getting ready to come into play here within probably the next couple weeks is a topwater. You can get a topwater bite basically from mid-May all the way through sometimes November. And, dude, they'll eat it all day long. They'll eat it all day long. It's stupid. Like, it's just stupid. But it is so hard for me. I throw the regular spook and the spook junior. Yeah. And it is so hard for me to put that some bitch down. I mean, I don't catch a lot of fish on them, but I catch good quality fish, and not a lot of small fish are going up after those typically. But I, I I'll fish them. I'll fish them things. Our water clarity down here is two foot on a good day. Yeah, like that's good water clarity. I'll fish them in 10, 12 foot of water, and I'll catch fish off of them. Yeah, I mean they they they. It, it is hard for me to put down. I finally got to the point. I know. If the sun's high and we don't have any clouds, it's done. It's, it's nine times out of ten, it's done for us around here. But I still, like I said earlier, 
I'll still have that rod back there and want to go. I'll chunk it into a damn lay down and, and work it around all that stuff. Just hoping something goes up and nails it. If it's not so, if it's not good conditions for a top water around here, what I find works the best is a wake bait, mm. something just underneath the surface. And, and it's like, it changes things for them. Like they, they can get a kind of a bead on it and see what it is. You throw something, throw some sort of natural wake bait around here, whether it's like a, you know, whether it's a rat or something else like that, like, you know, you throw that dude, they, they just, they get after it um, on, on days when top water is really not going good. Mm-hmm. But dude, I, I'll tell you, man, it's, about mid June, I'll pin a whopper plopper one ten or one thirty in my hand, and I won't put it down until the end of October. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be there. And what the way these fish, man, the way these fish strike a whopper plopper, or, or even if you want to use a chopo, any of that prop style bait, yeah. they get violent, violent, dude, but just absolutely hateful the way that they come after these things and a lot of it i think i equate a lot of it to the fact that you know a lot of this river is like two three feet deep Mm -hmm. so whenever they get this thing coming across the surface and that sound reverberates against the like the the ground and they're just like it just pisses them off and they're like get the fuck out of my house like why would you come in my house and blare your subwoofer i'm gonna i'm gonna punch you in the face like that's kind of the way they feel and a lot of times, dude, they're not eating it because they're hungry. They're eating it because they hate it. That's the fish I want to catch. Yeah. I don't want the one that's like, well, you know, I'm not sure if I'm hungry. I might eat. I've been gaining a little weight. I probably shouldn't eat any. I want that one that's like, I fucking hate you, and I'm going <laughs> to destroy you because you're a worthless piece of shit. That's the fish I want to catch. Uh, and that's you, want, you want the one that woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Spilled, spilled the damn cereal in their lap, you know, yep. headed, headed into work, listening to some some death metal, and yep. it's like, I want to fuck some shit up today. I want a wife that's been married for 20 years that her husband doesn't pay attention to her anymore. I want that oh, fish. Lord. Yeah. Oh, man. I want that one that's just hateful <laughs> and angry. I love you, babe. You're doing a lot of you do a lot of apologizing tonight. You need, oh, to, do, see, you need yeah. to do podcasts somewhere else, man. I don't. I, I tend to not apologize a whole lot, which tends to get me in trouble. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. But the and, and so we talked about the chatterbait, and you've got you your chatterbait set up, and what you use is a trailer, or better yet, what you don't use as a trailer. Talk, talk about that because it's very different than what I've ever heard anybody talk about. Not, not that I've heard everybody or a lot of people, but you're you're one of the folks that I'm, I'm pretty sure lives and dies by not using a certain type of trailer. Talk to us about that. I don't use a cross style bait uh, bait as a trailer on a chatterbait. Um. Cross style baits don't really have a place in my opinion as to what I'm trying to imitate with the crawfish or with a, with a chatterbait. Um, I typically will use a Yamamoto Zeko or I'll use the uh, Z-Man razor shads. I have a local guy around here that makes a, a trailer for the, um, 
for the chatterbaits that he actually, it looks like a Zayko, but it's about a half inch shorter. Have you ever noticed whenever you're throwing a chatterbait and the tail comes around and gets caught on the hook? All the fuck. Yeah. I hate yeah. that shit. So it's he makes half too. So the, the Zayko and the razor shad are both, I think three and a half inches long. He makes a bait that's only about three inches long. And that extra, that, that half inch that's cut off. Um, it really helps that tail from kicking back around. Yeah. It really helps that tail from kicking back around. Um, if I do use a cross style bait as a trailer on a, I think you're talking about something else now too. But if I use a cross style bait as a trailer on a chatterbait, I flip it up vertical and mm. give it that bait fish profile. But I think what you really want me to talk about is you don't want you want me to talk about the not using the boot style boot uh boot style bait. <laughs> so I you know, it's not a secret because Tactical Bass and put it out on their channel. Um but the boot style bait takes away from the action of the blade depending on the type of boot style swim bait that you put on there if you put that on there and you got your blade moving up here and you got your tail moving back here and if they're not moving in the same sequence you're not helping yourself one of them's taken away from the uh, from the other right so if you tactical bassin said if you're gonna if you're if you absolutely must use a boot style trailer on your chatterbait, flip it upside down because then the tail is actually impacted by the blade and not taking away from the blade. So that tail just kind of goes like this while the blade's getting real wide. And, and you know what I mean? So it doesn't, it's not detracting away from the action. Mm-hmm. What the most of the time when you get bit with a chatterbait, when you get bit, Like first first five cranks? No, yeah. You're asking me a question? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Normally it's within the first five cranks. That's when right. Yeah. That's in right. Why? Well, because they get pissed off at the sound. They get pissed off, you know, especially with the jackhammer. They just, they hate that sound, right? So they just want to come up and make it stop. That's when you get most of your bites with a chatterbait. If you cast it out there and you got something prohibiting that from happening, you're missing a lot of bites. I'm not going to say that you're not going to catch fish with a boot style trailer. No matter how you rig it, you will, but you're missing, you're missing that first five feet of, 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 you know, of action. And a lot of anglers make the mistake of casting right where they want to fish and don't cast past it. Well, if you cast right where you want to fish and you start reeling it away and you think that there's a fish there, you're probably right. But you just missed that fish because you didn't present your bait correctly with the right style trailer. Um, but the, those two things are two baits that I don't typically use for a chatterbait trailer. I don't use a crawfish because I don't know. I just I, I'm not trying to imitate a crawfish whenever I'm using a chatterbait. If I'm trying to imitate a crawfish, I'll use a jig, you know, Um but the you know the big one is that that boot style trailer. Um, I I don't I don't have it. I have one pack of boot <laughs> style trailers, and the only reason I have it is because Z Man makes it in a color that is freaking fantastic for the Susquehanna River. But they don't make it in the Razor Shad, 
and I'm not talking about what color I'm not gonna. <laughs> um, it's just it's a you know it's it's a special bait color. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 wild uh, how how identical to the bait fish it looks like mm-hmm. here. So, um, but yeah, it, you know it's a that's something that I don't do. I, I hate I hate you know using that boot style trailer because if you get if you really understand and and fish a chatterbait as much as i do because i love a chatterbait if you fish it as much as i do you will feel the difference between using it with a boot style and not um because i get a lot of bites i'll give you a perfect example did you watch that nar review no i haven't not yet okay. it's it's a long one so I, I don't blame you but um about midway through i caught a fish and the only reason why I knew that I had that fish is because my rod tip wasn't vibrating correctly. It just wasn't vibrating co- correctly. And by the time I, my brain processed it and my brain told my hands to do something, I had slack line. So I was like, mm. and I, I reeled down a long ass ways. And then finally I just bowed up on it and thank God it was still there. But <laughs> The, the only reason I knew that I had that fish on was because my my rod tip wasn't doing what it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. If you have that boot style trailer on there and that blade's not vibrating like it's supposed to, you're going to miss bites. And that's the whole thing about why the jackhammer is such a successful lure above mm-hmm. all other bladed jigs is... The, the reason that people say is because when you when that reel engages on on your reel, that blade is instant, instantly yeah. going. And so, so and that's that's what Z-Man really has a patent on. You know, Z-Man has a patent on that connection, right? That blade to head connection. That's the one thing that people can't copy. And if you think about it, Strike King tried to, and they made that one that rotates. Right, but they didn't do it like Z-Man, so they didn't they didn't infringe on the copyright. Um, there's other companies that, that have tried to do a chatterbait similar to the way that Z-Man has done it, but they haven't copied it directly because they're not allowed to, because the Z-Man has that patent on it. And it's it's man, it's a it's a really special way to fish when you when you fish with that jackhammer and you can feel everything, you know exactly what happens when it comes through the water and you know exactly when it hits grass, you know exactly when it hits wood. And I'll tell you right now, sometimes it'll stop vibrating and I'll just set the hook and I might've had like a little piece of something on it. And I'm just, Oh shit. Like, it's, but I'm like, I'm not taking that chance, you know, hook sets. Yeah, free, yeah. Right? So, but yeah, you like take one into the, till you take one into the mouth. Well, I've been close. I've been I real think, close. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're Nobody. fishing shallow water. I mean, you know, you're not – yours is throwing reel. You're you're fishing top of water column. What would you say? You usually got like three feet. Yeah. I mean, it, most of the – you can walk across the, the Susquehanna in most places. No kidding. Yeah. It, it's wow. big and it's big and wide, but it's – you know, you there's, there's a lot of places on the Susquehanna. You can walk from one side to the other and not get your knees wet. What's the boat pressure? Big boat pressure on that lake? I, or the lake on that river is? Do you is it mainly a a kayak or wading fishing river, or do you have boat traffic? So 
it's I would say it's primarily a smaller craft type of river, whether that's a kayak or a float tube or, you know, something like that. Um, but we have a we have a very special kind of boat that's made up here. Um, it's called a rock proof boat. Um, it's a tin can with a peach a piece of uh, UHMW on the bottom of it. And a lot of those guys are running a jet motor on it and they're running it in a tunnel hole. So there's a cutout in the bottom of the boat that's welded up and the motor actually sits in that cutout. And those guys can run 40, 50 mile an hour in inches of water. Damn. So it's like a damn jet ski. It's like a damn jet ski, but it's like a, it's like a, up armored tank jet ski <laughs> and dude i've been on the boat with a couple of my buddies that guide and you know like they've been like hey you know we're gonna bump and grind and i'm like we're gonna do what now i didn't what kind of fishing trip is this and they're like no we're gonna hit some rocks and i'm like yeah. oh and they weren't lying like yeah. you feel it as you know you, you feel it when you're when you're scooting across gravel it's like and then you look back and there's like <laughs> There's a cutout in the bottom of the river, and then water's just going everywhere. And you're like, "Holy yeah. oh, shit!" Like, how do they? So how do they fish? Out? Are they push poling or are they drifting? They got trolling motors. A lot of times they drift, um, but they do, they do run a trolling motor. But you need to have on a on a jet boat with that UHMW on the bottom of it. You have to have the most uh, powerful trolling motor. Otherwise, your trolling motor is not really going to hold you in the current. Mm. Um, so, you know, they're using a bunch of hundred and, or what is it? A, a 112 uh, pound thrust. That's what a majority of them are, are using for their trolling motors. Um, you know, and, and typically they're not going a whole lot upstream. Like they'll, the jet boats will go to like the top of an area where they want to fish and they'll shut their motor down and then they'll kind of drift while using the trolling motor to navigate the spots that they want to fish. Mm. The reason why I think kayaks are actually more effective in this river is because we fish it. Typically we fish it a different way unless you're floating. Like if you're one of those guys that do a float trip or something like that. Um, but you know, when, when kayaks are fishing this river, we're presenting our bait more with the natural flow of the river because we're fishing from the bottom to the top. Most of the time, you know, whether that's with a pedal drive or a motor, or if you're just paddling, we're typically fishing from the bottom to the top because most guys don't do floats here. Um, if they do do floats, they still present their baits that way. Um, it's, you know, it's, I think kayaks are more effective in the river for that reason. Um, plus a lot of times we get out of the water and or out of the boat and into the water and pull our boat along and fish. Mm -hmm. so that's another, you know, we can really, we can really fish an area more thorough and more effective than a lot of yeah. boats can. So <laughs> you probably ain't putting a rope around your waist, toting that damn tank steel, whatever no. UHMWPR five boat that you just said, whatever the no. hell the damn name of that boat is. You probably ain't they, putting that around your waist and toting it up river. You ain't go. You ain't doing much with it. No, um, <laughs> but I, I would encourage you and any of your listeners to go check out those boats. Rockproof is the one that's that's common up here, um, dude. They make some some watercraft that you're like, wow, you know what I mean? Like these boats, I don't even think these boats are allowed in competition. Um, 
because that's I mean they just they have to be that way to to use them around yeah. here. Yeah, none of like the the professional series uh, boat guys. It has to be I think the minimum length is eighteen feet, and then it's no jet motors. I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah, jet all jets of them are allowed. Just yeah. because of how shallow they can go. Right. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna pause real quick because my back teeth are floating. I'll be right back. Oh yeah, man. Good luck. <laughs> I'll try not to fall in. Yeah, yeah. Do that. So while he's gone, what we're going to do right now is we're going to plug Hookset Hoodlums again. Y'all go check them out. Use the code HEELS10. Also, we have a Bass and Brews TikTok. Check that out. Alex is putting out some great content on the TikTok. It is really, really good stuff. Check out Bass and Brews YouTube. Right now, everything is still going to Alex's Swamp Rat Fishing YouTube page. But we're going to transition it over to the Bass and Brews because of cleanliness. And uh, uh, apparently, there's new algorithms that the algorithmic people are saying. I don't know. It doesn't fucking matter. Just go go subscribe to the Bass and Brews YouTube page because... We, we're going to have some stuff. When Alex gets back from this next little tour that he's doing, we, we're going to have some, some stuff come up. We're going to do some more lives. We're going to do some more interactive podcasts and, and events with you folks and with our guests. So subscribe to Bass and Brews podcast on the YouTube because you ain't going to get it on the Swamp Rat Fishing page no more. So make sure you go check that shit out. All right, man. You had to get you a beverage, eh? <laughs> yeah, I got to wet, wet the whistle a little bit. Plus, I want to make you jealous. Uh-oh. You said you ain't got no brews. No, I drank all my shit last night, man. I ain't got a damn drop and didn't have time to come get none before this thing started. So I'm drinking. I got a Pepsi Cola. I might crack that open at least pretend I'm doing. So it looks like <laughs> it looks like it looks like the Bud Light eight alcohols I've been drinking. So we'll see. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, my fat ass i need to i need to lay off anyway i gotta lose i need to lose right. some damn weight i'm getting so fat i can't bend over to damn take a picture of my fish right i got to almost put it on my lap now should ain't not what i thought you were jumping out not what i thought you were trying to take a picture of <laughs> <laughs> it's not what i thought you were gonna say <laughs> Shit. look look i about can't see that thing either <laughs> No, I feel you though, man. This whole COVID shit, I probably gained about 30, 40 pounds since COVID started. And we're going on what, year four, five now? I, Who knows? Man, I woke up one morning and turned into a stay-at-home dad to to a, a, a kindergartner and a third grader. Yeah, and, and, and you became a teacher. Yeah, yeah. I come from a family of teachers. Every my my grandparents, mama, daddy, aunts, uncle, I mean everybody. And matter of fact, my, my mom and my aunt taught me every year I was in high school, seven through 12. Wow. And I knew damn well, I never wanted to be a teacher. And here I am trying <laughs> to tell my, my kids like, why, why are we doing schoolwork at home? And why are you teaching me? Like we had some, had a few weeks of, uh, what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I'm not a good teacher. I'm, I'm an impatient motherfucker. And I so I tell you, I, man. We, it wasn't. It was not a good time. We did learn how to make soap and wine, though. I did enjoy teaching them that. When when I had to listen to some of the stuff 
that 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 uh, that the teachers were teaching, I was like, man, you better get you some headphones, but I don't want to hear any of that because they were doing <laughs> that Zoom stuff, right? I'm like, you need to get you some headphones because I do not want to hear it. I'm just gonna make me angry. <laughs> but yeah, that's, yeah a whole, you know. that's a whole other conversation. What 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 tournaments? What tournament trails? Uh, local, regional, national, all that. Have you been fishing this year? So this year, um, we have a, a real good local trail here. We have a couple really good local trails. Uh, you have the Mid-Atlantic Kayak Bass Fishing Series. And those guys typically draw anywhere from 30 to 50 people. Um, and then we have the Delaware Paddle Sports Kayak Bass Fishing Series. And they're they're pulling in around the same numbers. And they're basically uh, competing competing tours, but they work really well together. Mm. They, you know, the both trails, they don't schedule dates on top of each other. And, you know, they have two co-hosted events this year where they're, they're you know, combining. Um, and I really, I really like both of those trails. I know the tournament directors and the presidents and everybody for, for you know, on the leadership teams of both trails. They're fantastically ran. Um, it's in my opinion, it's like a BOS on a, on a much smaller scale. Mm, Um, you know, you have some really good tournament directors here with those two organizations and ultimately, man, like there's a bunch of competing trails around here, but I really choose to fish those two because they, they're the best, they have the best leadership and the best, you know, rule structure and, and how they do things. But we, we have, we're so oversaturated, man, with, with trails. Um, you have a trail called Kayak Anglers of Pennsylvania. Oh, goodness. And they have, uh, I think they have six different chapters in different regions of the state. Damn. And th- those guys all pull typically 30 to 40 anglers for their tournaments. And then you have another one that's in Northern Virginia. It's a NVKBA. Like they typically pull 30 to 40. You know, if we could get if we could get all those clubs to basically combine and stop competing against each other, we could have a Queen City kayak bass fishing here where you're yeah. pulling 100 plus per event. Um, you know, it, it's something that we could have here, but I like the I like the way it is right now, too. You know, I, it's a really close knit group of guys. Mm. It's a lot of fun. Um, I love fishing with those guys and hell man, I I've actually been sitting here thinking the past couple of days, I would love if they would have me on the leadership team next year and let me not fish and sit back and judge and kind of give back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun, but outside of that on the national national level, I'm trying to fish as many BOS events as I can, but if your finger ain't ready on that trigger on that Friday, when they release it, you, uh, Whew you're watching from home this year. So they still know, got some spots for broken bow open. I think. Yeah. Well, I'm not driving. Uh, what is that? 18 <laughs> hours for me. I am fucking home. <laughs> I, it seems like a great location, but, um, I don't know if I'm driving 18 hours for it. So it, <laughs> you know what though? I will say compared to what they had last year, um, you know, they, they really, they've really put these tournaments on the right bodies of water at the right time of the year Mm. to really maximize your chances as an angler to catch 
a lot of fish and to catch big fish. No. Um, I think it's really, you know, what AJ has done this year and in, in the group of people that help him out, um, what they've done this year is is truly commendable. And and I think that, you know, because of the pioneers like AJ, kayak fishing now has a, a legitimate, um, you know, place in bass in competitive bass fishing because mm-hmm. and it's because of you know obviously it's because of kbf kbf started all this right and we wouldn't be here without kbf but the bos has really advanced it to where it is right now and has really just made it uh it's pretty special what's happening right now people are competing to get into the event to compete a non-motorized right event. non-motorized and, and you're having you brought up queen city I don't know what they're averaging this year, but last year I averaged like 117 anglers per tournament, yeah. non-motorized. Right. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's freaking awesome, man. Like it's freaking mm-hmm. awesome. Like when you get that and, and, and personally, so I'm a motor guy, you know, I, I'm sponsored by team Torquedo, right? I'm team Torquedo guy. I love my motor. I think my motor is amazing and I love having it, but I don't think it has a place in certain levels of competition. I think at the elite level competition, it should be all human power because that's that's what puts a real, real level of physicality involved in it. Well, that's the essence of kayak fishing. It, it is. It, it is 100 percent. But I will not I will not trade my motor for anything whenever it comes to fishing this river, because, buddy, <laughs> But you you'd be walking around with damn thighs that damn big around if you had to. <laughs> My goodness, dude! Like you you will get yourself a workout. I bet um, fishing this river for a week with no motor. So if what you were, you're saying is 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 you didn't gain weight because of COVID. You gained weight because you got a torpedo. One hundred percent. I t- I tell Jeff Little all the time when you bring someone on team team torpedo, you should be giving them a damn gym membership too. I, I tell him all the time. I'm like, it's it's your fault. It's it's uh, you and the Germans is why I gained 40 pounds. Hey, I want to go back one. Th- you said you said something about like combining all the clubs in there to have a Queen City type club where you're average 100 plus people. Do your bodies of water that you would fish are they big enough to to hold 100? Because you know we got the three lakes we have here, you get 60, 70 kayak anglers on there because of how these lakes set up. Yeah. Uh, especially falls it, is you get, so, it gets congested because you can't, you, that's, you that, can't so take a lot of runs. that's, I think that's one of the biggest struggles. Right. Um, but with that, with that said, you can easily do a hundred anglers on the Susquehanna. Um, I think two hundreds a lot. It could be really, really, uh, really tight for people at two hundred. We're about to find out. We're about to find out out. for real. Um, But you know, you can definitely do a hundred. A hundred is no problem. You can do a hundred easily on the Upper Chesapeake Bay. You can do a hundred easily on the Potomac. Um, You know, so those three major bodies of water, you can absolutely do a hundred plus people on those. And and I think. 
any any tournament that's had on those bodies of water, if it was a combined club, would absolutely draw a hundred anglers. Uh, there's other places where I would say that it would be a little bit more difficult. You know, we have a lot of small reservoirs, a lot of small lakes up here. Um, and a hundred would really, really push the envelope on a lot of them. So, you know, that would be tough. And, and it is a major setback, I think, for, for the combination of, of that. But, you know, we have, we have the bodies of water that can hold the 50 to 75, a hundred would be pushing it outside of the three that I previously mentioned. Um, but you know, the reality is I just would love to see a consistent 50 to 75 anglers Mm -hmm. on some of our bigger lakes and stuff like that. I would love to see it. I think I know it's doable. I just, you know, there, there are some ponds in Delaware where 10 might be too many. Um, (laughs) I'm not even joking with you, dude. There's, you couldn't fit a hundred kayakers in the state of Delaware. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's it's tough. I mean, but the nice thing is Delaware has probably 200 ponds. So you, you could, you could probably have yeah. a, a, a Delaware state event and say, <laughs> everybody go wherever they want to and, and right. do like a roadrunner deal. But yeah, that's a struggle, you know, having the sizes of the fisheries. Um, but you know, it, we could, we could easily branch out to a place like Raystown, you know, Raystown Lake in Pennsylvania is, the biggest landlocked lake that we have in the state, I think um, that's a place that could, that could easily hold a hundred. Um, the Delaware river, uh, that, that fishery that both tidal and the upper Delaware river, I think could handle a hundred. Um, they're, they're here. They're just few and far between. They're not like what you guys got down South though, for sure. I mean, you guys have some bigger bodies of water down there than we have up here. So. Yeah. Your, um, damn, what the hell was I about to say? Shit, it was a good question, too. Did you write it on the whiteboard? No, no, I did not. I did not. I got a bunch of, I got my shopping list on that motherfucker right now, and I'm scared to erase it all. I, I mean, I could take a picture with my phone, but anyway, I, but this, my handy whiteboard comes, it comes in handy a lot. Usually when I got to go tinkle, I write it on here. And they're like, I got to go tinkle, keep talking. Um, and then some other stuff, but uh, no, I didn't. I should probably, that's probably the damn problem is because I didn't. I tried to remember what the hell I was going to say at work. Um, I don't know. We'll go to the next thing that I was thinking about, though. You you mentioned you did a NAR review. Mm-hmm. What what kind of kayak are you fishing out of now? So currently I have a Hobie Pro Angler 14 360. Um, I am one of those weird oddball guys that prefer the bicycle pedal motion over the kicking motion. Hmm. Um, the kicking motion actually hurts my back a little bit. Um, but I I opted for the Pro Angler whenever I left Team Old Town. I, I opted for the Pro Angler because it was the best platform on the market. And I, I, I still believe it's the best platform on the market. You're not going to find a better fishing platform than the Hobie Pro Angler platform. Whether you pick the 12 or the 14, it offers you the most amenities, the most maneuverability. It, it offers you a lot of really good things that you can't find in every other kayak. But what Jackson did with the NAR. Some people were going to say that they copied the Pro Angler. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, right? Fishing is a game of copycats. <laughs> right. Why Lures, would... everything, like, 
So they, but see what they did was they came out with a boat and here's what I think is most important, right? So Jackson realized that for a few years, they were not a, a competitive talking point in, in the pedal drive market. They just weren't. Their pedal drive was to be blunt. It was shit. Um, you know, it was grindy. It, it failed a lot. There was this issue and that issue. And, you know, they, they didn't have a good steering system really. And it was just kind of silly. Right. But they listened to their pro staff. They brought in the most, some of the most respected anglers in the country. And they had them say, what do you want out of a boat? What can we do to put more people in our boats and what can we do to ultimately make you guys satisfied with the product that we put out and any company that's willing to admit a little bit of fault and have some, some humility and say, how can we improve you? The consumer tell me how we can improve. How could you not be rooting for that company? Mm -hmm. Right. And what they did with the NAR was they listened, they listened to their guys and girls, and they put a, a hell of a product out there for people to to have another option. Do I think it's better than a Pro Angler 14? Better is a very relative term. <laughs> it's it's better in some ways. It's not in others. But, mm -hmm. you know, they have just made a boat that's going to appeal to a market of people that were, you know, they were the never Hobie people. Right. Mm -hmm. The never Hobie. I'll never be in a Hobie. The people mm -hmm. that hate that kicking motion. They just appealed to those people. And now they've made a boat that's fast. I mean, that boat is sneaky fast. Um, and they made a boat that's, you know, I there's going to be some reviews of people say they don't like it, but these are probably kicking people They're They made the pedal drives a, a lot more smooth. They improved the rudder system. The boat turns without being like without being under power. Like it, oh, you turn wow. the rudder and it just starts creeping. That's how responsive that rudder is. I yeah, showed that a nice. couple times in the video where you know the the boat literally just starts creeping when you turn the rudder to the direction you want it to go to. Mm. Um, they also added some cool features. You know, they put the horizontal rod storage on there, which is very important for me. The tri track, which I didn't mention last night, the tri track is. I mean, it's freaking awesome because the how much do you love having your H rails? Mm -hmm. A lot, right? You can mount mm -hmm. a lot of shit to your H rails. How much is each H rail accessory? At minimum, fifty dollars. <laughs> right. So now think about the fact that you have a full length track in your boat that you can mount any accessory that you already have. That you don't have to go buy a new accessory, mm -hmm. whether that's a rod holder. Or whether that's this, that, and the other. If you got a T bolt, it'll go in there, right? So they really made it where it's so easily rigged that mm -hmm. you know they really they 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 hit on that feature, right? Um, they they made their tank well bigger, so you can put the giant ginormous crates if you want to take a, a, a metric fuck ton of shit. You can, you know, <laughs> you you could probably take a whole complement of gear out to fight a damn forest fire in a NAR and get there pretty uh, quick. Nice. I'm gonna get you a little red light to put on the front of the NAR. <laughs> and, you can and they made it fire engine red, so they made one fire engine red. So, well, 
Well, first of all, you talking structural shit. We didn't have no red lights, Listen. and our shit wasn't red. And the Y'all forest red surface, <laughs> and the forest surface, it was dooky green. But you got like you got yellow helmets with red lights on them, don't you? Well, no, it different colored helmets. There's some red, some black, some blue, white. There's all kinds of different colored helmets. Uh, but I mean, there wasn't no fucking light on it. You had a headlamp so you could see what the hell you's doing, but it wasn't I mean, no we didn't have no damn strobe light up here. <laughs> How many backpacks full of water you think you could put in that tank well? I, I don't know, man. I mean, you gonna, when you go out on a fire line and you dig and you dig in line, I mean, you got to have two gallons of water, and that and you might run out. I usually carry two and a half gallons of water, and then all you had to put a lot of shit in your bag, man. Yeah. It's crazy all the shit you had to carry towed out air. But you know, back to the thing, like they they really listened mm-hmm. to people, and you know. They, they did a lot of really good things with that boat. They have made my decision incredibly difficult mm-hmm. because I do like a lot of the aspects of the, of the PA-14. The things that I don't like about the PA-14 are pretty significant, but everything else makes me love that boat. And now Jackson had just come in here and thrown a wrench in the middle of my plans and said, ha jokes on you, fucker. Uh, which one you want? And, and it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be how, real tough. How was that boat set up to take a, a front or rear mounted motor? It's set up perfectly for both, really. So it comes in the, they, they have a standard four hole pattern back there that you can mount a motor mount back there. Easy, seamless. They're inserts. You don't have to drill. There's no plate that's needed. You literally put your motor mount there, screw in the bolts, and the motor is ready to go on the stern. What they did on the front is they flattened it out and and made it kind of square and boxy on the mm. top. That way you can mount a, a plate where you can put a removable trolling motor uh, bracket on there too. Nice. So they really thought that through. And the other thing that they did too was they really they distributed the weight really well so that if you have a motor on the front, you know, you can still put a lot of stuff in the back. They put a, a hatch back there where you can put your battery and run it all the way to the back. So that way you don't have everything up front. And in the same token with the stern mount motor, they they added a lot of storage space in the front where you can now kind of even out that boat. Because what mm-hmm. you don't want to do is you don't want to have a 30 pound torpedo on the back of the boat, making it come up like this. And you don't want to have a 30 pound trolling motor on the, on the front of the boat, making it look like this. You want it to be flat. You want it to be mm-hmm. even. And they really thought that process through for for whichever person, you know, whichever motor they want. Um, you know, they, they did that with thought in mind. And I ask that because you hear people talk about putting motors uh, specifically on the PA-14 mm-hmm. and how uh, they'll tell you this, the, the kayak wasn't made to have a motor on it. And so, you know, there's, there's some design stuff that people get you the bow mount makes it tilt forward and you're you're heavy on that end and you know the rear is hard whatever it is i hobie being hobie with with the the fishing kayak there's probably a pro angler that comes out i would say within the next three years that is redesigned for motorized 
I hope so. For motors, I, I would I, I would expect. I hope so. I, I do hope so. I, I think that they need to improve that boat in that aspect, especially yeah, if, Old Town's done it. Old Town's yeah. got it, you know the NAR. That's why I asked that question. The NAR right. has has become set up for for that. Um, you know those it's every manufacturer is making it where someone can put a motor on their boat because so many more people are switching over from bass boats and John boats because it's more cost effective to fish out of the kayak. You go out and buy a $70,000 bass boat and most people aren't going to have the money to put towards tournament entry fees to go fish in that boat. Right. 70, a $70,000 bass boat is actually an underpriced bass boat nowadays. That's a used one. Right. That's a used one. So you're looking at a hundred thousand dollar bass boat. Not, but but we just had somebody here selling a, uh, it was either one and a half or two year old Ranger fully rigged. And I had everything on it. Used, used a hundred, $105,000 used. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Isn't it? That's, that's almost, that's almost as crazy as a $20,000 kayak. (laughs) Which sold. Right, it sold. It did. I mean, I I was there at the classic, and I saw that boat, and I mean, yeah. that, that thing's a work of art. You know, oh yeah, it was beautiful. They, got it. Got it for his eleven year old son to get into kayak fishing. Tell you what, I need. Can he? Can who? Can that person be my dad? Where's my <laughs> dad? Daddy, <laughs> daddy. <laughs> Where can I get one of them? Yeah. I need a sugar. I you, I need a sugar mama. You know any women about 50, 60 years old who got a lot of money? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really know anybody that's got a lot of money. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't. Oh, I know what the hell I was going to ask you now. I'm glad I talked about, you you talked about, you you like fishing top water. You talked about throwing a dead rig. You talked about uh, throwing, throwing your, your chatter bait. Mm -hmm. And, and then you talked about you have you got 40, 40 damn rod and reel combos out in the, in the garage. What when you go to a new body of water? Uh, do, are you is that are those your is that the arsenal you're taking, or can you go out and deep crank and drag a Carolina rig? How does how does fishing you know you will not the rivers? You will not catch me throwing a Carolina rig. I hmm. promise you. Mm. promise you you won't mm. if that's the bite i'll go home on saturday um <laughs> but i so i typically what i try to do is i try to put in a lot of research prior to the event when i'm going to a new body of water i'm talking a lot of research i neglect my family often mm. to look at some research on some on some water and that's i mean that's going to you know checking out tournament results from the weeks prior from last year i'm trying to look at you know the what the bite should be that time of year to make sure that i have everything in my arsenal that i need and once i figure that out i'll take what i need to take plus you know what i'm most comfortable with and sometimes that might be eight rods Sometimes that might be 12 rods, but I take what I, what I think is that, you know, I'll, I'll get in depth with it too. I'll, I'll take what I think the bites could be and I'll try that first, but I always have 
my go-to, my comfort zone stuff. That way I can come back to it if, you know, if, if I was wrong. So I really try to, I don't take all 40 with me on every single time, but <laughs> 12 is normally about the max that I'll take to a traveling tournament just because yeah. anything past that, I'm too dumb to realize I brought it. I'll forget. I'm like, shit, I got a deep cranker rod in there and I seven foot, 10 inches long. And I didn't even remember I brought it. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and we're and when you're at some of these ramps that that we're at from the kayaks, and you got gear and shit in there that's visible, you know, there's good chance it might not be there when you get back. But let me tell you about some ramps on the Coosa River, okay? <laughs> oh my word, uh, that place, that place was something else. Um, and and I've told, I've been told this. That's not even the worst part of Alabama. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was at some ramps there. That was, they were they were rather sketch. Um, and Seminole, Seminole too. Seminole had some sketchy ass ramps. I bet. I the ramp that I won out of on the first year that they had it there, I, I won there that first year. I went back there on the second year, and <laughs> I found used condoms on the ground. I found needles on the ground. I found. I'm like, boy, somebody was having a party up in here. <laughs> yeah, like somebody was, was really getting their thing on here where they were really having a good time at this ramp. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, goodness gracious, I'm, I hope I don't step on something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, <laughs> Shit, you know, Crocs were a bad idea. <laughs> Crocs at that point were a terrible <laughs> idea. Get me some closed toe. I need some safety boots. Like, yeah. Leather steel toe boots at this ramp yeah. next time. Steel I shanks too, because you don't want to step on any of the hypodermic needles. That's right. That's but right. Yeah, they like, go through anything. There were some. There were some sketchy ass boat ramps that I've been to over the past few years with the BOS, and I'm just like, well, I'm glad I got an Airbnb and I can leave some shit at my house because <laughs> I am not leaving shit in my vehicle here. <laughs> that's like uh, I, I'm pretty sure this was was Bailey. From Serious Angler, he yeah, asked Bailey's somebody. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, we I love Bailey. He he asked somebody going down to uh, Ufala. He's like, man, you bring bring your sidearm with you. And is he like for the animals? And the, I can't remember who the hell he was asking. It might have been Ryan. I can't remember anyway. For the animals, the guy goes and the people. <laughs> and the people. <laughs> that ain't no lie. That ain't no lie, man. I mean, I'll tell you what, dude. I love the South, buddy. But there's some. Uh, there's some interesting folks, but you know, honestly, the same thing could be said here. So when I'll tell get, you, when you get out into the nether reaches, <laughs> the boat ramps of, of, it don't matter where the fuck you live. When you get to the boat ramps, there's that's, that's a different fucking breed of people, man. It I don't matter. understand. I don't understand the infatuation with having sexual relations at the boat ramp. <laughs> So I, I've, I've, I've seen this plenty of times where you roll up on two people at the boat ramp and you're like, what are y'all doing here? Y'all ain't got no fishing poles. You're sitting in a dark ass boat ramp. And you're like, why are y'all here? Right. But here's the other thing. And I'm going to tell you the craziest, the craziest set of things I've found at a boat ramp was right here at home on the Susquehanna river. We have a boat ramp called Montgomery's ferry. Okay. Montgomery's ferry boat ramp is directly across the road from a swingers club called TJ's lasting impressions. Mm. I rolled up that boat ramp one morning and on the ground down by the boat ramp, there was an enema and a used condom. 
an enema and a used condom. Hmm. I was very confused. I, I didn't quite understand what had happened here. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know if I should call the police. <laughs> like, <I'm> like <laughs> I was very confused. Did you did you call up Google? Uh, I did not. I put my boat in the water, parked, and I got the <laughs> hell out of there. Because I'm like, man, like that's just not doesn't seem like the right. I don't. I don't know. There man. was also a bunch of cigarette butts around too, so they were there for a while. Oh wow! So it was really real awkward. I mean, I don't understand it, but yeah, you find some crazy shit at some of these boat ramps we go to. No, it's something else, man. It's something else. Um, this, I, I, some of the shit is just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Even in Knoxville, like when we went down to Fort Loudon and Watts Bar, and all that, like those places were a little weird too. That's in the city too. Yeah, I mean, some of them. I was like, man, I'm like, I, I didn't know. I didn't even know city folk knew boat ramps existed, let alone some came shit out here and partied at them. Yeah, they do some crazy stuff, but <laughs> yeah, you really need to make it up here to the Susquehanna to go fishing, man. Even if it's I've not got, no, I've got so many places that I need to make it to go fish. Like I, I, I want to go smallie fishing with Bailey and Cat Mandrew. Like, that's okay. that's a a bucket list. For me, we I, I started I got my own business about a year and a half old. So we we got we got a little bit more growing to do before I can start doing that. But I, I got yeah. to go to Santee this year. Uh it was my first national event. So next year I'm hoping to get out to a few more. But how many I, places I, can you go catch a Great Lakes size smallmouth in two foot of water that's only six hours away from you? But the only smallmouth I have ever caught in my entire fucking life was about this big, and it was on the Savannah River in a, in the Augusta, Georgia area. And uh, because there's decent smallmouth there, Augusta, Georgia, on the Savannah River, is where the rapids end. Yeah, and so yeah, that's the only smallmouth I've caught. It was probably four or five inches. Um, another another then, thing you need to catch is shoal bass. Yep, yep. Show bass. There's uh I was just talking to a guy on Instagram and he he had he's up in the Georgia area and they went they were show bass fishing mm-hmm. and caught a, a couple nice ones sent me pictures of them. So those, those fish are something else, man. They yeah. are uh they are an interesting interesting combination of anger. <laughs> they they really like they just uh pretty hateful fish. They're just like a smallmouth in a lot of ways, but you know, they have some largemouth features. Yeah. But they're they're aggressive, man. Like I I think I the last year at Seminole um the the big the big shoal bass I caught was like 20 and a half inches. That some bitch hit and I thought for sure, oh my god, that's a catfish. That's that's yeah. got to be a catfish. Like he he hit and just dogged me out. I'm like, man, like he's pulling down. Like, I'm like, this got to be a catfish, but he never rolled. And then he came up, and I was like, <gasps> that's green. <laughs> like, yeah. what in the world? But man, is any fish that lives in current is is a, yeah. is is different. I mean, they they live a different life. 
they're all you know there there's there's never a time to rest right and you know that's one thing so one of my mentors in this sport jeff little um you know he taught me how to fish the river really basically he he's he's one of these people that is just he's a teacher at heart but you know he taught me how to fish the river and, and i'll always remember the fact that he always told me these fish are on a treadmill they're constantly mm-hmm. on a treadmill and and if you're always on a treadmill you have to consume something to keep your energy up even in the winter time they're not they, they they go away from the treadmill in the winter time and they go to the slowest part of the river that they can find because their metabolism slows down but they still have to eat so it can still be three foot of water two to three foot of water so recently what's happened with we have a we have an infestion of uh, infestion or uh, infestation infestation <laughs> we spit it out boy so we have flathead catfish okay and and they have been migrating up the river into the prime you know prime time smallmouth water mm. and they've really did a real number on the bait fish population but the reason i'm saying that is because now what's happening is in the winter time the fish where they used to go winter in the very very deep slow pools of the river they've migrated away from those areas because now flathead catfish are occupying those areas and flatheads are very territorial so if you you know yeah and mean and they're strong and they're they got mouths that are big enough to eat any fish in the river so you know they they because they've migrated into those areas and kind of taken over those wintering holes Smallmouth have now started to branch out because they're tired of getting bit. And, you know, most of the time those, those flatheads aren't eating them because they're hungry. They're eating them because they're in their, within their territory. And you'll find 19, 20 inch smallmouth with these little round bite marks on them because the, the catfish have ate them or have tried to, you know, put them in their mouth. And, you know, so now the smallmouth, like I said, they've, they've moved out to, other areas that are similar that might not have the depth and it really just kind of slows down their, their metabolism even more because the temperatures, you know, colder it's they're they're in colder water cause it's not as deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, you know, we've been finding them in the past year and a half, two years. Um, we've been finding them more shallow and more shallow and more shallow. But one thing that is consistent is a diminished current flow. If you can find a diminished current flow or no flow at all with any, any amount of depth, you'll typically find the smallmouth in that, that type of location in the wintertime. But the really deep holes where they used to migrate to, and, and you would go to, like we have one hole on the river that's like 20 some feet deep. Right. And you would go there in the wintertime and you would have 100, 150 fish days. Now you're catching 50 flatheads. Are y'all keep are y'all keeping the flatheads and trying to eradicate them? uh, That's a loaded question, sir. Uh, That's illegal to I mean, so. You can't a, keep a fucking catfish and eat you can, it. You can keep you listen, you can keep them, but you keep a fish out of this river and eat it. Talk to me when you're when you're 50. I'm not sure you're gonna make it, but talk to me when you're 50 because I want to know that you made it. They, this river's polluted, and I, I would not eat anything out of this river. So <laughs> what you 
what you what what you find here is the the hardcore diehard bass fishermen are catching these flatheads and disposing of them. And you know, I'm not going to say on video what I do with them because Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission might be knocking on my door tomorrow with a little ticket saying, "Here, I need you to sign this." Um, well, but look, they, I mean, I know you take them home and eat them. You ain't got to pretend that you don't make catfish nuggets. One hundred percent. That's what I do. I mean, you know. And then I feed them to my dog. <laughs> Your poor dog. <laughs> Where's he at, dude? He, he's asleep right now. That's something. <laughs> my God, why is the dog's got so bad? I get, why is he farting so bad? Oh, <laughs> he, he had he had flathead tonight for dinner. Yeah, dude. I, have you, did you see the picture of the crawfish that I posted on Instagram? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know how big that damn thing was? I. It, it looks big, but there, you didn't have no measurement tool beside it. It was every bit. It was every bit of three and a half inches, and that's not even the big. That's not even a big one. Damn, that's, that's like a, a typical lobster. That's a typical size crawfish in this lake or in this river. You got enough to catch and have a crawfish bowl. Yeah, but buddy, let me tell you about the E. coli levels <laughs> in this river. <laughs> I don't. Think- did you see? Do you see the the shit? Where the shit water that people eat from the Louisiana? I don't want to be from Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be from. I want to visit Louisiana, but I don't want to be from there. But if you I want eat you to, anything caught out of any of the, if you eat any kind of fish, you listen, see where that shit come from? Do you know? Do you know Jay Wallen? I, I yeah, but. We, we we met once at, at Santee and I've had some conversations. I know Jay. I want you buddies or nothing. I want you to reach out to Jay Wallen and ask him how many disposable butt wipes he caught in the Susquehanna last year. <laughs> how just just reach out and ask him how many disposable butt wipes did you catch in the Susquehanna last year? I'm gonna call them ass wipes. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you can call them turd wipes. So, so, like, is this is this because of people floating the river taking dookies nope. and? So here's what happens. So all these areas around the Susquehanna River are pretty built up for the most part, right? There's cities all along this river that are pretty built up, and they've been here for a long time. And unfortunately, the cities have outgrown the public works systems. Every time we get a high water event, the public mm. work systems cannot handle the amount of water that's incoming. So they spit straight out. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they spit out into the river and who knows how many gallons of raw sewage they'll put into the river. They don't give a shit. They do. They do give shit. They give shit right into the river, but they don't <laughs> they don't care about any potential fines. Because the cost of replacing or upgrading the public work systems outweighs the cost of what the fines will be for just mm-hmm. releasing it. That's why them damn fish in there are so big and so fucking angry. They probably they, they got they got shit flowing through their gills all day you, long. You're one hundred percent right. You are one hundred percent right. But, but seriously, like last year, or so I fished down at City Island in Harrisburg quite a bit. And last year, the E. coli levels at City Island Pool were about three times the the acceptable limit. 
Oh, that you don't even want to put your feet in the water at that point because if you got a cut or something, yeah. an open wound, it doesn't have to be big, right? Like you're just asking to get some kind of nastiness. Yeah, and and, and it get it gets worse on the city side too. When you yeah. go to the city side, and and you know that's where Jay, you know Jay t- was uh, fishing a good bit down there last year, <laughs> and he caught he caught himself a lot of dis- of disposable ass wipes. And he even asked me, he's like, is this normal? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's normal. I'm like, fucking right, that's normal, dude. I'm like, that's a, that's, a bra- that's a prize catch in the Susquehanna, dude. You gotta you put, with that you, better put, you better put that motherfucker on the, on your catch board and submit it. <laughs> but see, the problem is sometimes, like, sometimes they come up brown and you're like, that's, yeah, that's a true, that's a true green, green back. <laughs> yeah, it's something. <laughs> Look, but, man, yeah. this has got a racist stripe on it. Yeah, it's bad, dude. Like, there's, <laughs> but seriously, that that's that shit happens, and that's why you know I I damn I won't eat anything out of the river now. If I go into some of these, if some of the feeder creeks, um, I, you know, if I catch the right fish, mm-hmm. like if I catch a walleye or something, or you know, in one of the feeder creeks, I'll definitely keep that and eat it. But the closer I get to the river, the less I, I'm, I'm often, you know, often to keep that fish just because mm-hmm. it could be a migrating fish from the river. There's a lot of pollution in here, man. It's it's bad. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just I can't I can't get down with the fact that I could be eating somebody else's shit. <laughs> Look, we won't go we won't go into it much, but but there are a lot of people to this day year 2022 i see people go to the fucking bathroom and leave without washing their hands all the time you know what though i'm gonna I'm gonna I'm try to defend those people a little bit right now i've been to some alabama bathrooms <laughs> and let me tell you something i felt a little bit more comfortable touching my dirty ass than i did touching that thing at least, at least have some sanitizer in your pocket so you can lather up. I mean, I don't leave the house without sanitizer, but damn, I got I, mean, some, I got some good stuff in my car. It smells like oranges. It's it's awesome because you like so you know I've been out on the river where I've had to wipe my ass with like a t shirt or something like that, <laughs> you know. And oh, you got all that fucking storage in the front of your kayak, and you ain't got no booty wipes in the front. Sometimes I forget. So, you know, I, I got a T-shirt. I'll take the T-shirt off. And, you know, then now my belly button's hanging out. But I wipe my ass with the T-shirt. And and then naturally, I, you know. Just I'll take the to, sleeve. You no, know, no. Taking man. the wrong part of the shirt. <laughs> no, no. I do. This is the softest part down here. So, um, so, so I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get that. And uh, then I'll use a hand sanitizer. And then my, my hands smell like oranges and shit. <laughs> Can you film it? Like Steve? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love you, bud. Um, but yeah, man, it's, you know, it's a dirty river. Uh, hold on while my kid gets me some iced tea because this is why you have kids, right? They're like, I, but my, my son can't look Carter. If you want, if you look at any of my Instagram and my YouTube, he's got his own hashtag. Can't look Carter. And I try to like to you know unload the dishwasher. I gotta unload the dishwasher. I don't you know, feed the dogs, but I fed the dogs last night. So my kid, 
Um, I don't have any problem whatsoever with this young man doing chores. He will do them. But this is this is Boomhauer. This is a Pennsylvania Boomhauer right here. What's up, Boomhauer? <laughs> Dang on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ball different. Damn, hey, we go out there, Dick Bear. Yeah. Oh, best best boom best boomhauer. Look. Best boomhauer was when they had the damn bird. He's like that. That uh, that whoop crane, that whoop crane, really got like woo woo woo. Look at he got that that cool right there. That I'm telling you, dude. That is this kid. We'll be sitting there at dinner talking about something, and he's just like, "My idea what he's talking about." But we, you know, we love him to death, so we let him eat here. You know. So hey, hey, you won't, you wouldn't believe how many people come up and say. I don't understand, I understand half the shit Paul said on the podcast last night, but I laughed. <laughs> I understand you because of Boomhauer. Yeah, there you go. You got training. <laughs> I got you. I got I got my own little trainer here, so I understand. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, I love you. Good night. I hope you have a good day at school tomorrow. If I don't wake up and see you, all right. I don't know. Oh, if yeah, I, wake up or... I tell my kids all the time. It's like, look. I ain't have kids, so I had to continue doing the dishwasher. You like, know what I mean? So I gotta, I gotta tell you something though, man. Like I've kind of relaxed on him recently with the chores because he just turned fourteen last year, and he asked me to get a job. Mm. And you don't see that nowadays with most kids. Mm-hmm. Like he asked me to get a job. You know, I was proud of that because it's like he either he doesn't want to be here, which which, you know, that's all mom's doing. <laughs> maybe it might be he's acting like his mother. But you know, apologize. They just they just did a high five in there. So uh, it's it's you know, it's me against the world in this house, but it's just me and the dog. We're the lazy ones, right? Um but yeah, I was proud of him, man. He got Hell he, yeah. He, he and he got himself a job and he works every weekend now and he's making making money and you know I, I can't can't be mad at that because you're not gonna find many kids these days that wanna wanna do that kind of stuff. No, no, yeah, that's different. Now that's different. I mean the chore the chores are there for for get them to get that mentality and and plus I just don't want to bend over and risk hurting my back doing the damn dishwasher and not be able to go fishing. So you know what I'm saying. This is true. I mean, we got to think about priorities here. See, babe, that's why you got to do the dishes because I can't risk hurting my back and not be able to go fishing. I know. What if you cut? What if you slice your hand open and can't and can't cast? Especially on the casting hand. Yeah. yeah. See that? That's this is these are dangerous problems to have. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you see this with me. I I do I do. You got, a, you got an empty bed. For me. No, for for me to come stay because I'm about to get kicked out of my house. But I, my garage has a 72 inch screen TV in here. It's is you know, bring a blow up mattress, but you're free to free to live in. Matter of fact, you see, I'm I'm in this. I'm in a 19. I think this is like a 1979 or a 1981 Lazy Boy recliner. Man, it's comfortable <laughs> as hell. I done I done fell asleep out here once or twice, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I uh. I tend to fall asleep on the couch sometimes, and then my wife just leaves me there. <laughs> look, look, I'll fall asleep and won't ever get nothing said to me. 
But let me be out here having a good time at you know two o'clock in the morning talking fishing. I'm getting texts. Why are you still down there talking? <laughs> My wife don't sound like that. She ain't she ain't the least bit country. But uh, does she you know. does she watch your podcast? Oh hell no, I hell no. I don't. I'm pretty sure she she unfriended me on like Instagram too. I actually or, or blocked me. I'm pretty sure she doesn't watch any of my shit anymore because she. Yeah, I don't see. I don't get any comments like real life comments. Like, why are you doing that? I actually had to ask my wife to to subscribe to my YouTube channel, and <laughs> and then I have to make her watch my videos. Well, well, my son's eight, and he's like, "Daddy, I want to watch your new video." I'm like, "Boy." <laughs> I have to click a button that says my video is not made for kids. So you can't watch it. Because just this morning, he's wanting to go tell his friends to go to subscribe to my YouTube channel so I can get more subscribers. I'm don't like, do it. No, no. Don't do it. I don't need all these parents calling me. Talking about, what are you telling my children? Yeah, no, 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 at all. Nothing at all. I mean, it's not, it's not bad, but when. I do talk to the camera. You said you talking to the camera. So before I put a camera in the kayak, I talk, I talk to myself very self deprecatingly talk to myself. Like I get really angry at fishing, uh, losing fish, missing fish, you know, shit getting hung up. And when you put your ass in a little old kayak, some of the stupidest shit happens to get line tangled and it's just some of the dumbest shit ever happens. But when I put the cameras in the boat, now I'm, I'm like talking to the damn camera and you know, get, I cast my shit into a tree and I'm cussing and hollering and throwing shit. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've only made two, but I, I do these little reaction videos to other people's fishing videos. <laughs> and so that's what he wanted to watch. I was like, my this my wife was home. I was like, I don't, I can't remember what I said, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't need to watch watch that. I'll say this, man. Whenever I started filming myself in in the boat, that's when I really made a conscious effort to try to stop cursing while I was fishing, and 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 I said, you know, I I want to try to stop cursing while I was fishing. Because naturally, when you start cursing, you just it it compounds the anger, and now you'll be like you'll see me like I'll lose a fish, and I'm like, <sighs> right? Usa. And Usa. I just like, it just this this just exhale of everything, right? Yeah. But then I make another cast, and if you think about that, two years ago, if the camera wouldn't be on me, and I lost that fish, I you stupid motherfucker. And it, 15 seconds later, I might finally make another cast. Oh, hell no. See, that's that I don't have that problem. I'm I'm gonna be casting cussing steel. I mean, I'm gonna have made 30 casts. Yeah, I fish, I do, I fish ain't, but it's it, it, I'm a very happy go lucky. I love people, I love talking to people, I love meeting people like that. I like that shit. But folks want to go fishing with me all the time. And I, I tell them, I, I used to not be this blunt, but but now I am. I say, that's fine, but I'm not fun to fish with. Right. I, I don't talk. I talk to myself. I, I holler at myself. 
like I'm not just going to sit around in a spot and go spot to spot, hanging out, talking, shooting the shit. Like when I go fish, I get my my ADHD goes to hyper mode, and like that's all I can. That's all all that's in my mind, and I'm not fun to fish with. But I like I get angry as hell, but I don't ever stop. I mean, I just get. I just get more hateful in us. Like I'm not a good, I'm not a, I'm not a good caster. I I fish a lot of crankbaits. I like to line that shit. I want to, I want to, I want to sling it. Right. Like I, I don't do a lot of close up stuff. Like I'm not a good accurate caster. I'm a slinger. And so I just get to slinging it harder and harder. I mean, I, I don't. You, you got to turn the brakes up when you do that. I, I do usually have to put a little bit into it, but yeah. I've, I've come, I being in the kayak does make it a little bit easier to get, get more, <laughs> get centered quicker because you, you can't you, fuck you, around. Do you ever cast yourself right out the boat? <laughs> no, no, I've never gone. I'm, I'm pretty conscious about being on there about be, because I, I look, I'm not a gearhead. I don't have a lot of shit. Right. And it, you know, if I lose stuff, <laughs> I don't just go get replace it tomorrow. Right. It's a while. I don't have a lot of stuff. So the thing that worries me the most about flipping or anything is like losing my 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 shit. Right. Because <laughs> uh, it it'd be lost for a while if I if I lose it. So I'm pretty conscious about that. But the, the Hobie's a fucking stable platform, man. I mean, it's, it really is. It um, is. So I got to tell you a funny story, man. And this was wild, right? So I think it was 2018. I was fishing maybe 2019. No, it was 2018. 2018, I was fishing a tournament back home where I grew up. Um, drove back home. And, you know, it was a river that I fished in as a kid for my entire childhood. And I was like, man, I'm so excited, right? I'm going to float this stretch from here to here. I fished this area before as a kid. I know it. Like, I'm going to do good. And I was like, this is my jam. So I do. I was sitting, I think I finished in fourth place in that tournament out of 40 or 50 some. And, if, you know, but what happened during that tournament, I my dumbass picked the deepest part of the river to drop something off the side of my kayak. <laughs> now you're thinking... Jake, you drop something, it's gone, right? No, no, I dropped a waffle plopper off the side of my kayak, and for some ungodly fucking reason, I thought that I had to reach for that thing so quick. <laughs> That's I said, oh my god, I dropped it, I got it, and that I did this, yeah, and I had that predator PDL upside down, and I was underneath of it. Now here's oh. where it gets good. Here's where it gets good. I was underneath the kayak. I had a I had a, a paddle leash. Don't have one of those anymore. Got tangled in my feet. Okay, uh-huh. so I couldn't kick my feet. I was tangled up. Had to cut that. I'm underneath the fucking water at this point. Uh-huh. So I cut that. Get it loose. Come back to top side. And go. <gasps> Fuck. I'm in 18 feet of water. <laughs> Let me just swim this 125-pound boat over to the shoreline. I get it flipped back over. I had five rods 
in my old milk crate. All five of them were still stuck in my milk crate. <laughs> Damn. The only thing I lost that day was the fucking whopper plopper that floated. <laughs> my wife's over here laughing at me. I lost the fucking whopper plopper that floated and a net from Bass Pro that cost $5. <laughs> That's insane, man. I thought to myself, I could. I almost died. I would. Mm-hmm. They would have found me washed up on the shoreline, upside down, upside down, tangled in my paddle leash <laughs> with my fucking rod stuck in my rod, with my rod tubes, and and a whopper plopper down at the dam, stuck in the dam. And they'd have been like, "Who's who's whopper plopper? It's brand new." I was like, "What in the hell?" I don't do. I mean, yeah, I got lucky. I got so lucky. You did, but that that brings up a great safety point too about people tethering all their shit down. Stupid. Bo, the more the more shit you got tied on tied onto your your kayak. Yep. That is that that's more shit for you to get tangled in. And so like a lot of people can't deal with with catastrophes in the moment, right? A right. good example is people drowning if their car runs off the road and goes into a pond and they drown because they couldn't take their seatbelt off because they, <laughs> they don't know how to handle right. this pressure, right? So they don't they don't do they don't push the button to take their right. seatbelt off. They're trying to get out. It's the same thing when you get when a situation like that happens. You you so shit I, happens, man. You got think, it's crazy. I think back to, you know, military training and law enforcement training, I think definitely helped me keep my cool in Mm -hmm. that situation because you're right. My feet were tangled and I probably would have just died. Right. If I was just an average person that didn't know how to deal with those kinds of stressful events, I probably would have died. But I, I realized that my feet were tangled up in something. And I remembered that I had a knife on my co- on my on my life jacket, mm-hmm. so I just grabbed the knife and cut it. Yeah, and most people wouldn't have been able to process. They would still be down there trying to fight <laughs> and they get breathing in water, and then they yeah. they'd end up, you know. Yeah, I mean the you know the kayaks that a lot of us are in are are, are safe. I mean, you know, they can completely fill up with water, and they ain't going to the bottom. Right, like they're they're still going to be there. The majority of them, they're they're going to be floating, and you're going to be able to be floating in it. It's it's not like a boat. It's not going right. to go to Davy Jones' locker, but you still have to be mindful of the shit you have in there that could hinder, you know, so how you deal with that situation for sure. My, my buddy Jeff and another good friend of mine, Juan Verut. Um, Jeff Little and Juan Verut used to teach kayak classes on the Susquehanna River. And when they would have people show up for these kayak classes with their own boats and everything, um, one of the first things they always did was a gear check, right? Mm. And immediately, if anybody had any kind of leash, they said, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that they got rid of. Entanglement is the quickest way to die. And that was the, you know, and, and me and Jeff and Juan actually made a video. I think it was last winter where we talked about cold water safety and, and, you know, what to do if you flip your boat in cold water. 
And and that's something that we talked about specifically was those entanglement issues. Mm -hmm. Aside from the fact that, you know, if you're fishing any kind of cold water, you should be wearing a dry suit and you definitely should be wearing a damn PFD. You're stupid if you're not. Um, But, you know, we get that kind of cold water up here where you need that dry suit because that what happens is, you know, that that shit will, you know, it'll cool your core temperature down so quick that you you'll just lose motor function and and Mm -hmm. your heart will stop, you know. Um, but the PFD is big because that involuntary gasp called That's right. you know, caused by that going underneath that water. One of those is filling up your lungs, you know? So, you know, the, those three things, the entanglement, the dry suit and the PFD were things that I harp on with people. Um, yeah, the PF, the PFD, man, there, there's so many folks that get all up in arms about I can swim or I'm in this and I'm in that. And that's that's not the point. Right. Like the majority of people who drown in boating accidents every year can swim. Right. It's it, it, it's it's so. it's funny as hell. Like so naturally up here we get we'll get a day in March. that's like 80 degrees. It happens every year. It's stupid. It'll be 20 degrees one day, and the next day it's fucking 75. Yep. And then what happens is is every dumbass that has a sit-inside kayak wants to pull their sit-inside kayak out and go out on the river. They'll be out there 75 degrees. Most of the time, I don't want to point any fingers, but most of the time they're female. And, you know, they're out there in their bathing suit, and they're catching the sun rays, right? They're catching them sun rays. No life jacket on. And they always want to take their kid with them. Mm-hmm. And their no kid life jacket on the kid. Their kid don't have a life jacket, <clears throat> and, and they'll have like a pair of floaties on their arm. And, the, and but the but the water is is the cold. water the water is still thirty five degrees. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you know every year every year it happens, and then they post it on the Susquehanna fish or not Susquehanna fishing pages, but like the Susquehanna River fan pages, you know. And naturally, what happens is a shitstorm, yeah. because everybody that knows is like, "You're fucking stupid. You're the reason why firefighters have to risk their life down at the low head dam to pull your dumbass out of the water because you fucking flipped yeah. your kayak in thirty five degree water." It happens every year. Yeah, the PF, Yeah, the PFD. I mean, that's <laughs> if you're going to be in 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 a kayak and in, in in general. But if you're right. out there by yourself, I mean, so shit, crazy shit happens when you come out out of that boat. Crazy shit happens. It, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Stress. Maybe you pass out from who knows. Right. But you, if if you if you are incoherent, or if you're not, if you're incapacitated, motherfucker, right. you can't swim. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At least have a, a, a vest that's hopefully going to keep your head bobbing right? So, so you can be passed out and breathe. But anyway, right. all right, look, we, we need to wrap this up. We've got an hour, two-hour mark now. And I, and I, I know I know the, the, way, the way you talk and have listened before, these questions, supposed to be shotgun questions, but, but you know, there's always always some some badgering that can go on during these. So we're gonna get on these, these shotgun questions now. Here's 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 the deal. I'm gonna ask you the question. There ain't no um and this or well maybe you answer the fucking question and then we'll either since it's just me, I'll either give you a hard time or agree with you. 
You ready okay. for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. All right. I know the answer to this one, but we got to ask it anyway. Crocs or flip-flops? Crocs. hey <laughs> Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Absolutely. Oh, my God. I mean, you, you didn't have to think about that nasty shit. Oh, too, no. Pineapple on pizza is phenomenal. Oh, my God. I don't give a shit. Hate me that's if you want to. Terrible. I don't. I, look, if that's <laughs> all I got to eat, I'll eat the hell out of that damn pizza. You going to spend more on a rod or a reel? Oh, a reel. Really? I took you for a rod guy. Well, I, I have a rod sponsor, so my reels are cheaper or my reels are more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's your rod sponsor? Temple Fork Outfitters. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're good, real good company. Texas company. Sweet. In a three-hour session, five two-pounders or one seven-pounder? One seven-pounder. There we go. There we go. I don't give a shit about no five-pounders if they're seven-pounders. Wait, wait. Two-pounders, not five-pounders. Five oh, two-pounders or one seven-pounder? One seven-pounder. Yeah. Always. Always and everything. 100% all the time. Yeah. yeah. Wacky rig or Texas rig? Wacky. You going you gonna Nico it or you gonna just throw that little bitch out there and let it flow? Wacky, wacky. Nothing. Ugh. No way. I look, I haven't the patience for that shit at all. I Nico rig it all and I Nico rig it with a fucking roofing nail because I'm cheap. <laughs> and no. you lose every damn one of them. But I, you, I have not the patience for the wacky. I you don't have to, you don't have to wait whenever you wacky rig around smallmouth. Well, that's different. Yeah, I ain't yeah, we ain't <laughs> I ain't I ain't fishing for no smallmouth. Yeah. Uh, have you ever eaten beaver? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which <laughs> uh, my wife would say yes. Uh, no, not the animal. No. Yes, we're we're talking about the animal. You heathen fuck. <laughs> yeah. No, I have not eaten. I've oh, not eaten. Hey, y'all huh? got big beaver up there, man. You they delicious. <laughs> the beaver up here is great. You're right. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, look, Alex hadn't given me the updated answers yet. So I'm asking old ones and I'm forgetting some of the ones he asked, but don't matter. So do you eat largemouth bass? Absolutely not. What the? F- why? <laughs> it tastes like shit. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. That's what everybody says. And I, all right, you come down here. We're going to catch crappy. We're going to catch largemouth bass. We're going to catch catfish. And we're going to catch carp. We're going to fillet every one of them out. I'm going to fry them. And you're going to have to name which one's which. I'll eat a damn carp before I eat a largemouth bass. I promise you largemouth bass will be in one of your top two choices. Uh, I can guarantee it. People, I can't believe it, man. Fine. The next next six pounder I catch, I'm going to fillet it up. Hell yeah, do it. I'm all for it, man. All right. <laughs> hey, you better post it on YouTube too. I ain't doing that shit. I'm <laughs> fucking shot. In this state, you catch a six pounder and keep it and fillet it. Somebody's gonna shoot your ass. <laughs> I I ain't keeping no fish that big and filleting. I can guarantee you that, but I will eat some twelve to fourteen inches of eaters down here where I am and where yeah, I I'll have up. to try it. I'll try it out next time I go and they're in season. All right. This is the question that we're known for. Uh, all 18 people who listen to us in the canal of Panama 
this is what they listen to two hours plus of this this podcast for is this the end and not no not the end end but the end question you know how anglers love sandwiches mm-hmm. what are your top three sandwich proteins proteins we're talking about meat oh i like a ham sandwich that's my first option uh with some with some colby jack cheese i like turkey with colby jack cheese and i'm a big fan of bologna mix it all together but i just like my bologna with ketchup what (laughs) like you frying that shit or you just eating cold ass bologna with ketchup cold bologna and ketchup what the that's weird as shit right there, man. That's some weird ass shit right there. Listen, I'll tell you, most of the time when I go fishing, I don't take a sandwich. <laughs> I don't um, either. I don't we, want no fucking soggy ass fucking wet bread. Right. So we have this these stores up here called Sheets. Oh hell yeah. Right. Being sheet, look, look, you don't see my fr- look behind me on my refrigerator. Oh, you're a sheets freak. Oh, I, I they see right there. They they sent me a goodie bag. I, me and Sheets have all kinds of Instagram talks. What's wrong? With, what's wrong over there? Oh, that's the dog. Dog, you're making the dog cry. Oh shit! I don't know why he's crying, but he's crying. Is he he's ma- he don't eat large mouth either. <laughs> he said that's bullshit. You shouldn't <laughs> eat your bag. <laughs> he does. Hey, the dog does have his own Instagram. Oh no shit! What's his yes. Instagram? Bruno the Irish Doodle. <laughs> 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 but that's going on the whiteboard. Pup, you're gonna get followed. You and are you gonna do his voice? No, which so we have he has his own voice. The dog has his own voice, and when the wife and I want to fight with each other, we use the dog's voice. Because <laughs> if the dog says it, we can't be held accountable for it. There you go. That's right. That's right. But he has his own voice. But yeah, I take um so I go to sheets and I get the turkey bites. Mm-hmm. With the resealable bag, and man, mm-hmm. I will fuck some turkey bites up. I usually, I, I'll, I'll stop and get like a, a Slim Jim or Sasquatch snack stick or something yep. like that. That's that's about, I maybe some beef jerky, but I don't, I don't eat. I mean, Wait, I next time, next time you're at Sheets, look for the turkey bites They're over it's there in the beef jerky section. Yep, it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah, it's gonna. Blow I'll have to head. do that. So I, I literally go to Sheets every day, Monday through Friday, and if I fish, I'm there on Saturday and Sunday morning before I go fishing. Yeah, I think every place we we go on the tournament trail should have a damn Sheets. Uh huh. I know everybody want to talk about them Bucky's stuff, but give me Sheets. Sheets. Yeah, Sheets, right all the way, all the way. Well, well, Jake, man, thanks for coming on. You know, I, I've listened to you on some other stuff, and then. I finally got to get together last night and we got this set up. Anybody you want to thank your, you know, sponsors, your, your wife for putting up with you, mm. like anything like that. Well, shout I it guess, out now. I guess I'll say thank you to her for, for allowing me to spend two hours talking to you um, <laughs> and not giving me any shit about it. But you know, the sponsorship deal, um, you know, I've been a longtime member of Team Torquedo. Um, you know, they are probably the biggest sponsor that I have. Um, second to them is a company called Innovative Sportsman. 
Uh, he he sells Torquedo products, but he also makes kayak accessories and he does kayak rigging by trade. He's a welder, but he's branched out into kayak fishing and he's really doing a lot of really cool things up here. Um, he's, you know, he's definitely my second biggest um, Temple Fork Outfitters with my rods. Um, you know, they they brought me up, uh, moved me up from a pro staff to an ambassador. Holy mm. shit, gassy tonight, but pro staff to an ambassador level. It's some tums. Right, I know, I do. Um, and then this year, I actually just got brought on with Yak Attack uh, mm. after a couple years of pursuing that and doing trying to do the right things. Um, you know, they saw some value in me and brought me on. And that's that's really a, a really cool sponsor to have because they make so many cool products. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, I mean, those are the main ones. Those are the big ones. Those are the ones that uh, really make it possible for me to do what I do with kayak fishing. And, and you know, I didn't talk a lot about this during the podcast, but uh, either this summer or next year, I'm going to be opening up a kayak fishing guide service here on the Susquehanna river. Oh, nice. And I'm going to be using an innovative sportsman boat. That's not released yet. Um, it's going to be an inflatable watercraft and it's going to be powered by a torpedo. And when oh. someone comes to do a guide trip with me, they are going to be using a temple fork outfitters rod and whatever reels I decide to put on them. And they will not have to bring anything outside of themselves maybe some Crocs to walk the river in. And I wouldn't actually suggest Crocs, but uh, (laughs) it it sounds like you, you need, you know, um, waiters that are cut proof (laughs) resistant. resistant. I mean, Kevlar waiters, I guess is what you need. I I probably won't be guiding people in the shitty part of the river in in the Harrisburg area. You don't but, want no client reeling in no duty rag. Right. I don't want to have to recover that. But, um, <laughs> you know, it it's something that I, planned, that, that I planned on doing this year, but with supply chain issues, it's just getting mm. pushed back. Um, and, you know, I think it's going to be a really cool deal. I think being able to introduce people to this river and just taking them out to have fun, man, it's such a cool place. Yeah, I've only you heard know. great things about it, man. It's definitely a place I want to get up to. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the goal. You know, I, I honestly, it, it may cause me to ride in a back seat for tournament fishing next year where mm-hmm. I may not even tournament fish because I want to try to build this guide service and do it the right way. Um, if I can do that and introduce people to this river and, and see that enjoyment in their, you know, in their faces, whenever they catch a big smallmouth, I don't need to tournament fish. I mean, it's yeah, hell yeah. Um, that's, that's an endeavor that's, on the back burner right now, but it's going to happen. Nice. So really excited well, for that. We'll, we will definitely be in touch. And when that does happen, we'll, we'll make sure we, we put it out to all 18 people from uh, the Panama Canal, <coughs> all of our brewskis. Well, hey man, again, thanks. This was awesome. This is a really good time. There was, you know, there was, there was a lot of good fishing information shared at the beginning of this podcast. Now we, Sprinkled in with some other shit. (laughs) That's what we do, man. Like people come here for the entertainment, but the tidbits of information they get throughout is is the best part of it. But they want to listen to the whole thing because they don't know when they're going to be laughing or when they're going to need to be taking a note on something useful. 
Right. Um, so you know that's right. that's what we built. We we build it off of of straight chaos. It's it's chaos. Well, thank you. You have, a, you have a pretty awesome product. Um, giving people that voice to just talk and be themselves. Not a lot of places offer that these days. Well, that thank you for saying that because that's I told you before we started. It's just us sitting around a campfire shooting the shit, talking fishing. It's that simple. Right. And that's the way we want to make it. So I'm 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 grateful and thank you for saying that. You're, well, Alex, you. you see what you did? Alex, you built this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have you on again when Alex is here too. Because yeah, man. I, I love to come back and talk to the puddle pirate. Oh, oh. <laughs> on that. We are ending this because I've never heard of a puddle pirate before, but that fucking shit was hilarious. We're going to end it. <laughs> Hang on. I'll holler at you a second. We'll get this zone. All right. Hey, thanks, y'all. Hooks at Hillums. Go check them out. Thanks for sitting here listening to this podcast. Go subscribe to the Bass and Brews YouTube so you can start getting your stuff there. Uh, check out the Tic Tac. Alex been killing it over there. We'll holler at y'all later. I'm just waiting for the day Swamp Rat lips a bluefish or something and loses a thumb.